Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. This episode, we're bringing you a recap of the Grand Prix Final. And to help us recap both the junior and senior events, we are joined by This Week in Skating producer, Matteo Morelli, who joined us to talk about Grand Prix de France and Grand Prix Espa. So we are so glad he is back to talk to us about the final. It's hard to believe we are talking about the Grand Prix Final. So, Mateo, we're super happy to have you with us again to talk about this huge ISU championship event. I'm very glad to be back. And it feels like it's the right thing to do, isn't it? We talked about two of the six Grand Prix uh, being here to talk about the final is So I guess we'll just get started right away. And the first thing we can say is talking about the seniors. We'll start with the seniors. The First time, first time winners in all four disciplines. So very exciting. We did not have any repeat winners. So nice to see some new faces getting to claim the top spot. And like we always do, we'll start with the men. Um, And we had history in both segments of the men's event with the short program and the free skate. And it was all about, in the short program, the quad axle. We got to see it for the first time. And then in the free skate history with the fact that now one person, one man, has performed all six quad jumps. So we had a history in both events. Very exciting. Um, So, Mateo, I'm just going to ask, what were your thoughts on the men's event? Well, it was quite phenomenal, wasn't it? Ilya doesn't stop to impress. Um, it was uh, it, it was actually interesting. So I was watching the event via the ISU YouTube uh, live, and I remember that in the short program, Ilya landed four uh, at the quadruple axle, and Mark Ariati said, and by the way, if you see the X on the screen, it's not because there's a mistake with it. It's just because it's something that has never been done before. And the systems do not allow for that to be uh, judged immediately. So it's something that was so historic in itself that not even <laughs> the uh, <laughs> system that the yeah. judges used are ready to to cope with that. But it, it was great to see that it was actually quite a good quadruple axle, um, and it ended up being the most difficult short program in the history of uh, figure skating. Uh, the score potentially, some would argue, was not as high as you would expect with such a history-making program, but it's not, okay, that's not what you need to look at. It's something like that happening, finally. It's, uh, Ilya keep pushing 
barrier of where can figure skating get to far and far away. And it's good because it's pushing the other skaters to, you know, to test their limits to see how far they can go. So that was really good. Um, in the free program as well, as you said, it has all the quad jumps uh, landed. Um, yeah, it was just really phenomenal to see. And yeah. um, it was his second Grand Prix final. He, he got bronze last year, but as you said, he's a new winner. So it's um, really good to see him winning a gold medal at this event. Yeah. And in the short program too, you know, you mentioned that we saw the X first, that this was an, in, like, looked like an invalid jump, but it was just because we never saw it before. But then when, of course, I think people were looking at the protocols and I was one who looked at the protocols and saw that one of the judges gave a minus five in the GOE. And we were like, why? Quad Axel and you're giving it a minus five? Um, and I think I think I was talking with our with our little chat group, and I think some of us thought because it was first put in as an invalid that the judge might have just based it on that and was not able to go back and make that change. So it was very interesting to see that, and maybe hopefully that this is now going to get changed so that it is you know, doesn't come up as an invalid for judges to mark that jump on. But that was very interesting. You know, I saw a lot of people on social media going crazy. And I, I, I took the screenshot of the protocol, sent it to our group and it said, okay, judge number five, why a minus five on a quad axle? <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? When Nadia Komanich went to the Olympics and got the first perfect 10, no. It came up as a 1.00. And it's because no one had ever done it before. And so when you have an element that is landed or competed and completed, and it gets the highest score possible, sometimes the judging systems are not prepared for that element. Mm -hmm. And Ilya is making quad axle so much more common at least in his programs i guess although we haven't seen it as much this season right i do wonder who who's next like is someone else even trying it or is he going to be the one that's going to be known for being the only one i mean we know that you zero han you tried to do one but is Ilya malining really going to be the only man ever to land that jump hmm that's a good question we'll have to you know see yeah but you know the other thing is too a lot of people were saying if he did the quad axle in the short program could he do two axles because he did he also did the triple axle and is you know for the men in the short program it's a required either a double or a triple axle um and then you have the single jump and then you have your uh combination and he made it, you know, he was able to do it. I, I don't think he would have done the quad axle if he didn't know that, you know, he couldn't do it. But will we see the requirements change now that he's done the quad axle? Will the quad axle now be counted as the axle jump? And then he can't do, an, you know, another, you know, Triple axle, axle in the program. Yeah. yeah. So. It's interesting to see why this history-making short program will trigger in the future. Um, 
but yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. uncharted territory for, for everyone. I think something interesting to point out is Ilya's mom, Tatiana Malinina, actually won the Grand Prix final back in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> and here he is on the top of the podium. <laughs> And she was not there. She was not there. I guess she's maybe more of the harder of the two parent coaches for him. And so dad was there with him. And dad seemed very excited um, with his performances this weekend. So, well, Shomo Ono captured the silver medal. And this is his third silver at the Grand Prix final. I looked that up. Um, Very interesting there. And then... Yuma Kagiyama took the bronze, his first Grand Prix final medal. Um, so those two, I skated well. Um, you know, nothing that I wasn't, I was expecting it was going to be those three on the podium. Just maybe not sure how the placement was going to go because I wasn't quite sure if Ilya was going to try the quad axle at all at the final or, you know, and who knows. But I knew those, I had those three on the podium, mostly. Except, I will be say that I was quite shocked with Adam Siho Himpa, who has been the favorite all season, the way he, you know, won two golds on the Grand Prix series. Very disappointing short program for him. It just was not what we were expecting to see from him all season. Um... Yeah, it was just, I think maybe the pressure of being maybe the favorite kind of coming in. Being, uh, the thing with Adam, uh, you know, we're all excited that he's been doing so much. He's the um, reigning European champion. He's won two gold medals. If I'm not wrong, he's the only man that had two gold medals entering into the Grand Prix final. Yeah. However, this was his first Grand Prix final. So it's something that... I suppose, as you said, maybe the pressure was a bit too much. And Adam, in the last season as well, was not showing that that consistency that you would like to see with him. He was doing one really good competition and the next one, maybe something was not right. So he would just lose a few level and then come back the next one and do really well. Um, So hopefully (laughs) this season, you know, we're all hoping to see him be a bit more consistent. He had a great start of the season and, you know, at European level, we don't know what's going to happen, but chances are that he's going to be the strongest man at European Championships. So we will see whether he is able to confirm his title again. But yeah, it's a shame to, to have seen him not being able to deliver in the short program, although he came back uh, much stronger in the free program. Yeah. And, and um, Kevin Amos, it was the opposite. He had a good short program and then a really tough free skate um, to finish six. So, yeah, definitely the two the two Frenchmen kind of had flipping performances there. And then we can't forget Kalmura finished in fifth. And um, the ISU had in their recap that Mira had not practiced on Friday or Saturday due to an upset stomach. So there were rumors of him potentially withdrawing for, from the final. Oh. But luckily yeah. we, we had a chance to see him, although... Yeah, you probably wish to to have a better skate, but uh, yeah, you know, you can. Yeah. We cannot always be a hundred percent in every circumstance. Unfortunately, we're all human. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was excited for you, Makagiyama, because I feel like he's just continued since he started his season. 
on the Challenger series, he's just really continued to grow and improve. And I appreciate the effort that Carolina Costner is putting in with him because the little nuances are starting to come through. Mm -hmm. And I think he's, he's really on track and building throughout the season. And this bronze medal here definitely, I think, is you know, a nice reward for the effort that's gone on so far. Yeah, and he as well was coming into his first Grand Prix final because he was meant to go to the one in 2021 that got cancelled because of COVID. So I think he was really looking forward to getting into this final and getting a medal at this event as well. Let's not forget as well that, you know, as you said, from the artistic and component side um, point of view he's growing a lot thanks to the collaboration with Carolina Costner which is definitely showing um, in his programs currently but from a uh, technical point of view he doesn't have all the quad jumps back right and mm -hmm. despite of that he comes up with super high scores because the technical level is still high across mm -hmm. the board so he's yeah. a very strong skater and when he gets everything back We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting. I think his name yeah. should be in the mix. Um, like you both, I was disappointed that Adam Tiao and Fa had such a rough short program. But I also think, as Mateo said, this was his first Grand Prix final. Mm -hmm. There's a different type of pressure. Not only was it his first Grand Prix final, but his name was in the mix for gold. So there's a different type of pressure. So I think... Yeah. You know, we'll see. I don't think that this determines the rest of his season. I think this is just a blip on the radar. And we'll see when it comes to Europeans if he's able to put those performances back out there again and take the title. Shall we remind as well that both Kevin and Adam are heading back to France and literally, I think, in one or two days are competing at nationals. <laughs> I know. That's one or a few days for them. But good luck to both of them. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of crazy because I was getting the calendar ready for this week. And the ice dance competition at French Nationals has already concluded. But I looked at the schedule thinking, oh my gosh, the flight and the jet lag and all of that and putting that out there. I mean, who knows if that also played into it, like thinking ahead to what they're going to have to do this week. And the French championships are a really big deal. And so missing the event is not really an option. Is there anything else that you guys want to add to the men's event discussion before we move on to the women? No, all I was going to say is if this is what we get to see at Worlds, these six guys going, you know, and others, it's going to be a great men's event. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and and just a quick note as well. So Shoma Uno was competing as it, it had six Grand Prix final and he medaled in every single Grand Prix final. <laughs> so he's now got one gold medal, three silver medals and two bronze medals. Congratulations. <laughs> Whole full <Impressive>. set. <laughs> All right. So let's segue into the women. Um, after the short program, it looked like we could have another record setting result because two Belgian women were in medal 
replacement. I mean, Luna Hendricks was in second and Nina Pinzeroni was in third. Again, last year was the first year that a Belgian woman had qualified for the final. Now we have two at the final. Uh, Nina Pinzeroni has been kind of like the surprise of this season with her results. And um, she, yeah, it's it's just been so much fun to watch. A relatively smaller federation be able to have the success on the Grand Prix series and have two in the women's event at the final. Yeah, let's not forget that Nina Pinzeroni was at the official first Grand Prix season of her career because last year mm-hmm. she was released to compete at Skate Canada, but she had to withdraw. So it's quite remarkable to see how far she went. And she's another one that I'm quite looking forward to seeing at European Championships because we will see how many <laughs> Belgian flags we're going to be um, we're going to see getting raised at that event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, you know, a little disappointed that she, you know, did not medal. She uh, finished in fourth, but I mean, fourth. It's your first Grand Prix final in your first Grand Prix season. Um, yeah, I think that's a, quite an accomplishment in itself. But let's go and make sure we mention the winner, uh, Kaori Sakamoto, who I find it very hard to believe has never won the Grand Prix final title. I mean, I think was 2017 her first Grand Prix season? Or I mean, I think I saw her at Skate America in 2017, and I would have thought by now she would have won the title. I mean, she's the two-time world champion. Um, but it was, you know, very surprising that she has not won this before. And so um, congrats to her on getting that title. And she had two great skates uh, this weekend. Um, again, we Luna Hendricks took home the silver. She won bronze last year, so she did one up better this year. Uh, we did... See a triple axel in the free skate with Hano Yoshida, but it was called under rotated. She did it in the free skate. Um, she moved up from fourth to finish third. She had the second best free skate of the women's event. And then we mentioned Nina Pinzeroni and then Isabel Levito um, struggled in her short program. Um, that was hard to watch. I just watching her in practice, just the warm up before the short, and I was like, there's something doesn't look right here. I don't know if she wasn't feeling good and she just didn't look like normal Isabeau. Um, But she did have the third best free skate to finish fifth overall. So she did um, have a redemption um, in the free skate. And then Rian Sumiyoshi finished sixth. Just throwing it all out there. Thoughts on any of the performances you guys I was really excited to see Kaori finally get the Grand Prix final gold. Like Eugenia, I feel like she should have won it before now. So it was great to see her, um, you know, come through with this competition. Uh, I think she would have won it if we didn't have, like, COVID in between there. I just feel like it was so delayed in the fact that her winning the title. But, yeah. Uh, that was the third Grand Prix final that she was going to. And I, you know, exactly as you said, you, with such beautiful skater like her, you would expect her to have medals at each mm-hmm. one of them, like Shoma Uno in the match. Yeah. 
uh, but it didn't happen. So and and she did not hide it this season at both Grand Prix that she um, competed at. She said, "I want to medal at this Grand Prix final." <laughs> she yeah. always said it. So we're very happy that she did that because she's such a beautiful skater. Maybe she didn't have the best and most. Um, you know, clean skates of the season, but she's so beautiful to watch. She's got beautiful jumps that are so high, so long, so powerful, amazing. And she's been, she's officially undefeated this season so far. Yeah, there are a few skaters that are undefeated. We'll talk about another one of those uh, skaters or teams in a bit. And talking about Luna Hendrick, uh, again, she, she also didn't have probably the best skate this season. But she's so confident in the programs, particularly what I love in the free program is the way she finishes it. So she goes to the side next to the judges. I don't know whether you notice it, but this time, this time she was so sassy. She looks in both directions at all <laughs> judges like, check me out, okay? This is my season. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> We're seeing a lot of uh, skaters going close to the boards, especially in dance. I know that's a... But uh, yeah, a lot of them, I think Kevin Amos ends his program at the boards too in front of the judges. Yeah, it's very popular. I think it's it's almost uh, being launched last season by Lalafier and Lewis Gibson in their um, uh, Lady Gaga program. So this season, it's becoming really a flavor of the season. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's something to do with the midline steps, yeah. making sure that you go from barrier to barrier. You don't want to get a deduction because you didn't go from one to the other. I think that's part of it. I think Robin got a great photo of Piper and Paul at Skate Canada where they're just reaching for the judges. (laughs) And uh, I feel like that is one of the best picks of the season. It's just you can see the emotion and what they're trying to convey. It's yeah, it's pretty special. Anybody have any other thoughts on the women's event? No, I think we can transition to pairs. And wow, uh, let's just say in their first season, how incredible for Minerva, Fabian Huss, and Nikita Volodin to to win (laughs) the Grand Prix final (laughs) in their first season. I mean... Volodin had been sick after NHK Trophy. I'm not sure that they had the training time that they might have wanted for this competition because of it. But, whoa. I mean, talk about having a fantastic debut year. We're getting it from these two. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that they were not quite sure whether they would have gotten the gold medal or not because... So they were first in the short program, they ended second in the free skate um, with Sarah Luconti and Nicolò Macchi of Italy uh, winning the free skate but ending up in silver medal position overall. So Minerva, particularly on the Kiss and Cry, reacted with a bit, <laughs> scream almost as if saying, oh my gosh, we won. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> it's even more exciting when it's something you're not expecting, like you're, you're just not sure. And then when the marks come up and you see the reaction, it's pretty amazing. I mean, we see it on the flip side, too, of, of the disappointment that people have when things don't quite go the way they planned. But to see them come out and continue to have the season that they're having, 
They haven't finished lower than first since Lombardia Trophy, where they started the season. <laughs> I think that's pretty incredible. And this competition was particularly very tough for each one of the top three teams, because if you look at the final scores, there's literally one point between each other, 204, mm -hmm. 205, 206. So anything could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes the event mm -hmm. more exciting from, from the Paris point of view. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, Sarah Conti and Niccolò Machi. I mean, last season was their breakout season. They were having kind of like a Cinderella season where they were just getting results that they had never expected. And it's hard when you go into your second season or it's hard when you go into the next season after and you have all of that that you built the year before. You want to continue it, but it's often hard to really get back into focus because all of that excitement and hype is still there and you need to get, you know, ready for this season. And they've had kind of an up and down year because last year they were winning. Like they were definitely a t one of the best teams in the country. I mean, in the world, sorry. Um, Let me rephrase that. Last season, they had so much momentum throughout the whole year. They just kept building. But it feels like they're warming up again, aren't they? Because mm -hmm. they did so much better in this Grand Prix final than the two individual Grand Prix events that they were in. Yes, and let's see definitely. What uh, again, I've mentioned the European Championships quite a lot already, uh, but it's an exciting one even <laughs> from the Paris point of view. If you look at this event only, the Grand Prix final had four teams from Europe. And this is not even all the best that Europe can offer. Italy has got three top teams. So Fredzia um, Beccari and Matteo Garise were not at this event. They would have probably gotten into the event if they if someone else was pulling out. But let's not forget that Hanika Hoke and Robert Kunkel of Germany also had to withdraw. So there are so many top teams in, uh, in Europe at the moment. And it's going to be quite an interesting uh, continental championships to look at and, and see yeah, how it's going to, to work out for, for all of these teams. Yeah, it's definitely going to be quite competitive. You get them all mm -hmm. together in the same place. And if they're all healthy, man, <laughs> it's going to be very yeah. exciting. It also bodes well for world championships as well. Like if there's a lot of potential for... all. Some amazing performances. Well, De Deanna Stiletto Dudek and Maxim Deschamps of Canada won the bronze. And an interesting fact here 24 years is the longest gap between Deanna's first Junior Grand Prix final medal and her most recent Grand Prix final medal. So 24 years between the two of them. Her first one, 1999, she won singles gold on the Junior Grand Prix final, and then her bronze with Maxim Deschamps. It's just one of those another incredible things just to mention when you mention Deanna Stiletto Dudek, who is back, you know, after that big gap of time um, from her singles career and now on pairs, and it's... Um, 
incredible for them. I'm a little disappointing here. I think they were... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hoping for better. Um, and so, yeah, um, but still a great achievement for them. Yeah, it is quite a, I think, quite a pressure season for them with the World Championships being in Canada. There's a lot of, there are a lot of expectations that I'm pretty sure they feel on themselves being able to perform at this event. Um, but they did quite well because last year at the Grand Prix final, they were just outside of the podium. And and yet they, you know, they had a season that was not too bad. But of course, the competition was a bit different last year. This year, things mm -hmm. are different. They started off really strong. They got, they still have a medal at the Grand Prix final, which is very prestigious, although they probably wanted to have a silver or a, or a gold medal. And I think that particularly Diana's face was not hiding <laughs> a little disappointment. <laughs> No, she doesn't hide no. when she's disappointed on something. She's fierce and so competitive <laughs> that it just shows on her face. Yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. poker face there. I saw. No. Yeah. Well, Maria Pavlova and Alexei Sviachenko of Hungary replaced Annika Hawk and Robert Kunkel in this competition, and they finished fourth overall. Followed by Rebecca Gilardi and Filippo Ambrosini and Leah Pereira and Trent Misha. All right, I think we can jump to dance. What do you think? I'm ready. <laughs> I know. No, Daphne's always ready to talk about dance. So this is the first time the U.S. had both the junior and senior Grand Prix final champions. Uh, Madison Chalk and Evan Bates, and Leah Nesset and Artem Markov. Uh, Chalk actually won the Junior Grand Prix final back in 2008 with her partner, Greg Zerlin, who um, is now a figure skating coach. Both teams have been undefeated in this international season, uh, starting uh, in the summer for Nesset and Markov. But let's talk about the senior event first. Uh, <laughs> the rhythm dance is full of a few mistakes. Twizzles? Uh, yep. Unfortunately, they Twizzles in particular hurt several teams. Uh, Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson, where they didn't really have falls, they just had some issues. There was a step out, checked rotation, they lost some levels, they lost some points, and put themselves quite a bit back um, to with regard to the top three, uh, Laurence Fournier Beaudry and Nikolai Sorensen of Canada bumped into each other on the Twizzles. Um, was not their best performance at this competition. I think in either program, um, it, it just, things seemed a little bit off. Um, and then, uh, I feel like Marjorie Lejoie and Zachary Laga were, really soaking in all of the opportunity of being at this competition with the top teams in the world. Um, and I don't think they looked out of place. 
I think that it was a great probably learning opportunity for them to be in such a high level senior competition. Um, I'm sure that they were probably hoping for a better result, but I think they have put themselves at least in the conversation for a top 10 placement at Worlds. Um, and both of their programs, I think, really suit them. They're fun. Rhythm Dance brings out a different side of Zachary than what we've seen, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and um, you're totally right, Will. You're saying they, they did actually share that enter this event with a bit of stress on themselves, so maybe that played a part in, you know, not giving them the results that they were hoping for, but I still, I agree with you that they, that they were not looking out of place. We got to remember as well that every other team at this Grand Prix final competed at last year's Grand Prix final. So they all entered again consecutively in a second year in a row Grand Prix final. While Marjorie Lajoie and Zachary Laga were at their first ever Grand Prix final. And I think well done for coping against all those teams that are so experienced. And yeah, they, they know what to expect and what it means to go to a Grand Prix final. Yeah. I think once they get back to Worlds, which they I feel like they should get named to the World Team this year for Canada, since Canada has three spots. Um, I think they're going to be they're definitely a different team than what we saw two years ago. The last time that they competed at Worlds. By then, it will be two years. Um, we did have some just some overall thoughts. Um, we had a couple of level fours on step sequences, which is not something that we see very often. Uh, Evan Bates on the midline steps in the rhythm dance and Charlene Guignard on the circular steps in the free dance. I mean, well done to them because it is not easy to get a level four. It's just not, not on steps. It's that's like the benchmark for perfection. I think level four, it, it, they're not thrown out very often. So I thought that that was a pretty amazing um, statistic. Um, they were both, um, so Chuck Bates and Guignard Fabri, they were both in excellent shape, I mm -hmm. think, at the Grand Prix final. They really showcased great skating. Even um, Gilles and Poirier, of course, but, you know, that the way, it, it's very interesting because the way the medals were allocated reflects the current world um, uh, mm -hmm. championship results from March. Um, yeah. So it's exactly the same. <laughs> and it's very interesting because you all, we also talked about Diana Stelasso and the fact that she's been out there for quite a while. Actually, eight of 12 of the athletes in the Grand Prix final, Iceland Senior, are 30 plus years at, year of age. And I yes. love that this longevity <laughs> is quite, it's something that we should celebrate a bit more. I know that all yeah. the younger teams are like, please get away. We want to win <laughs> it's our turn. It's our turn. <laughs> yeah, because didn't they say like this is Maddie and Evan's seventh Grand Prix final? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, and let let's hey, let's talk about it. Paul Poirier, he medaled at the Grand Prix final in twenty ten with Vanessa Crone. 13 yeah, years ago. <laughs> okay. These, we're getting to see some fantastic skating from those who have been in the sport for such a long time. I also think, though, the up and coming teams, I mean, 
you can look at Marjorie and Zachary and look at them as an up and coming team, as a team that's, you know, got a lot of potential, but also Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson, they've kind of been around for a little bit and they didn't have their best performances here. And I'm sure after winning NHK trophy and upsetting Charlene and Marco, that they were probably hoping to pull another upset here. There's one thing I want to point out. Lila took to Instagram to talk about um, the fact that she knows people don't like their free dance, but she said they're committed to it and bringing the story to life. And that's something, you know, I said to Gina, I think it was last week, you know, sometimes you've got to be committed, even if the general consensus is mm-hmm. it's not well received yeah. because when refining your craft you have to get behind your decisions and stick to them sometimes they could have come up with another program but they're very committed to this one and i think instead of complaining which i know there have been a lot of fans that have been like why did they keep this why didn't they get rid of it i think we need to commend them for sticking with something even if it's not our own cup of tea yeah yeah and we got to look at the same program at the start of the season and the program now that had been a massive evolution. And that's yeah. something that needs to be appreciated because these two put a lot of blood work in. They go to almost every competition uh, that they can possibly do because they want to get the feedback, they want to keep working. And even coming into this Grand Prix final, you mentioned that two weeks uh, prior to the Grand Prix final, they won NHK trophy. But the week before they went, to the British Nationals because they are committed to go to the British Nationals. They want to support the skaters in the Federation and the Federation itself. So they won their um, uh, national title there and then they flew out again. So mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that maybe the mistake in the tweezers in the, in the rhythm dance is due to them being tired, but they do put a lot of work in. So, yeah. They definitely do. And I think, yeah, we have to commend them on that. Um, Madison Chalk and Evan Bates, of course, won the gold. This is the first gold medal for them at the Grand Prix Final. <laughs> so Madison Chalk and Evan Bates sent new season's best scores with str- two really strong performances. They finished about six points ahead of Charlene um, Guignard and Michael Fabry of Italy, who ended up in second place. I think it could have been a little closer between these teams. I really think that Charlene and Marco put out some really solid performances. So I I guess I was a little surprised that it wasn't closer. That was what I, based on what I watched, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I had the same feeling as well. They are so, so first of all, I agree with Chuck and Bates having very strong programs. They keep growing this season. And unlike last, year, last season when they had a shaky start, this season they got in quite confidently and these programs are really growing a lot. But I do agree that Guignard and Fabri, I think Guignard and Fabri started super strong this mm-hmm. season and they keep mm-hmm. growing. So they, they deliver this exceptionally good quality of skating, but also I think interpretation, particularly particularly in their free dance and the theory of everything that they skate on. Wow. Uh, it was one mm-hmm. of those moments, I think, where you could hear a pin drop in the arena because everyone was kind of absorbed by, the, by what they were delivering. Uh, that, that's good. That's really good. And I just want to say both with Maddie and Evans free dance, which as many know, I 
wasn't quite sure I got the whole time thing or wasn't really on board with it at the beginning. I'm now on board with it. I, I've seen this program grow in the short span of a few weeks there and it's, uh, and I like it now. And plus I'm going to be honest, I did not know her costume had numbers on it. Yeah, it's almost like a Salvador. How many times am I yeah. editing photos and I didn't notice it until I was editing it for the Grand Prix final and I was like, oh my God, there are numbers. It's a clock. Okay, so I'm just admitting that. I'm going to go, you know, and again, I'm editing photos and I'm just noticing that now. So, and she talks about the evolution of the costume in her Instagram, I think just recently. Um but yeah, I'm I'm really that program I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it at Nationals. And Piper and Paul's too, I was a little bit at the beginning and I'm now sort of really like I'm liking programs now that when I maybe saw them earlier in the season, I needed to see it more and I, I getting to do that. So I'm now on board with some of these programs that I wasn't quite on board with early in the season. Sometimes yeah. it takes a few watchings. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you have to immerse yourself in it, you know, watch it a bunch of times. Also, sometimes yeah. you need to see it in person in order to yes. really get it. Yes. And I still, I mean, I w- will see Maddie and Evans in a few weeks in Columbus and and um, and Piper and Paul's hopefully at the World Championships. But um, yeah, so... Since we're already talking about dance, we should segue. Let's talk about the juniors and we'll kind of flip it around for the backside and we can talk about um, Leah Nesset, our Tim Mark love, setting new seasons and personal bests en route to winning gold. They've got this season going on. They've been undefeated the, you know, for this 23-24 season. I think their performances here in Beijing really highlighted the maturity that they have. I mean, they won this competition by over eight points. She has quite a lot in junior terms. It's a yeah. lot. <laughs> they, they were very happy. They, they said that they were um, grateful to, to have finished like that, very happy, and they uh, and very proud of the skates that they pulled out at this event. Yeah, it's it. I mean, I saw their program at the very beginning of the season, and now to see it at this point, they've just continued to to make it more nuanced and more subtle. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think she had new costumes for the rhythm dance. And in silver medal, Elizabeth Kachenko, Alexei Klyakov of Israel. Um, this team represented the U.S. at the beginning of their careers and then switched to Israel a couple of years ago. They've really grown, I think, as skaters the last two seasons, especially. And this is the first time a team from Israel has medaled at the Junior Grand Prix Final. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, they also shared that they were quite proud of their um, victory here, particularly because of the um, what they could do for the Israeli Federation. Yes. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. They're, they're a team that are quite interesting to look at, very original as well. They have a lot of original elements in their programs. Very interesting. 
Yeah, and I believe they've been together for like 12 mm-hmm. years. Is that they what have. I heard Mark say? <laughs> Which <laughs> it's crazy to think about because they're, in my mind, they're not that old, but. I can tell you that I think the first time they competed at the U.S. Championships as juveniles, they skated to Ghostbusters, and it was one of the <laughs> cutest things I've ever seen. They were so little, and to see them really grow and develop over the past decade, it's been amazing, and you know, it's exciting to see them get this result. Um in third place, Daria Grimm, Mikhail Savitsky. Okay, this is a team who was fifth at Worlds, Junior Worlds, a couple of years ago. Had to withdraw last season due to illness. Came back this season looking very confident, very poised, and setting new season's best scores en route to getting the bronze medal. They're really a fun team, and I'm looking forward to watching them develop as they grow, you know, finish through with juniors. I think they still have a year or two of eligibility and then move into seniors. I'm really excited about them because they seem like they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And they also share that they, they said something that is quite mature in itself. So they said that they're very um, hopeful that they can set an example for the future generations of German skaters. And they sort of send a message to their, to their federation as well by saying, uh, continue to support the athletes in Germany. Um, so it, it's very nice of them to share something like that. So notice that they achieved something, but they're also mindful of those around them in, a, in their country that are hoping to, to develop as much as they are. So let, let's segue into junior women. Um, this yeah. was the second straight Junior Grand Prix final gold for Japan's Maoshimata. She cleanly landed an opening triple axel and quadruple toe loop in her free skate. This is the second straight Junior Grand Prix final silver for South Korea's Jia Shin. She actually won the short program over Shimada. You know, you look at this. I mean, this is a future rivalry that we could see for the next 10 15 mm-hmm. years i think it could be really exciting yeah because i was so, so surprised after the short program not to see mao shimada's name at the top and i was like oh and i was like <laughs> but then i knew kind of in the free skate i was like i bet you it's gonna flip and sure enough it did but yeah i'm this rivalry going into seniors oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be great i'm looking forward to it and she's been practically undefeated for two seasons, isn't yeah. she? She's mm-hmm. everything. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then the youngest competitor, Rina Uazono, who is just 13 years old, won the bronze medal. So this is, again, the future. I just remember Mao Asada and Yuna Kim. And I, you know, <laughs> we could see this. Like, this could be... Another great rivalry. Yeah, Mao Shimada, I'm going to say Mao 2.0 because Mao Asada, <laughs> no, Mao Shimada, Mao 2.0 right yep. here. <laughs> well, moving on to the junior men, Japan's Ryo Nakata at 15 was the youngest man in the field. He came back from his fourth place in the short program to land in the, his free skate, a quad toe, and two triple axles. 
He had an ISU personal best um, to win the gold. Uh, and so, yeah, I, again, didn't see he was in fourth. Didn't expect him to um, come back and to win the gold medal. So South Korea's Young Young Kim, who won the short program, um, dropped from first to take the silver medal. And Slovakia's Adam Hagara, who is extremely popular, I think, with the Twitter fans, um, won the bronze medal. He's quite an experienced skater, isn't he? Because if you look at it, uh, he's done both junior and senior. He's already been at two seniors, uh, three actually, European Championships and World Championships. Uh, quite an experienced <laughs> one to, to be able to compete at both uh, in both fields. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so moving on to the pairs, uh, Georgia's Anastasia Metelkina and Luka Barulova Continued the domination at the junior level. Um, I they mean, won the event by like over 30 points. 33 um, points. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I will say I was looking at the results and after the short and after the free, and I was looking and comparing what they scored to what was going on in the scores for the senior pairs event. And after the short, they had could have been in third. And after the free skate, I think it was fourth. They would have finished fourth if they were competing in the seniors. And I think everyone has heard me say that I don't know if I really agree with them competing on the Junior Grand Prix this season, especially with both of them having had experience on the Senior Grand Prix um, and on the senior level and meddling even on the senior level. Um, and I know, I think I saw maybe they talked to Golden Skate and they said the reason they competed on the Junior Grand Prix this season is they thought they weren't going to get two assignments on the Senior Grand Prix. So I don't know if I totally agree with this whole thing, because if you, I mean, to see them really dominate it and like beat their competitors by more than 30 points when they, their scores were in comparison to the seniors, I don't know. I, I had a, I've had a hard time with this all season, and Daphne can attest, and Anne can hear it because her and I have been texting about it too. And I know I'm not probably the only one who agree. You know, thinks that this is probably not right. But well, I think given their scores at this competition and the success they've had throughout the junior season, they may decide to just focus on Europeans and the world championships. I mean, I'm not sure what would be accomplished by going to junior worlds with such a lead over everyone else. I think that, you know, where they are at competitively, it might help their growth and development to focus on competing with teams that are within the same level as them. Versus going back to a competition where they have such a, an advantage over all of the others. Even if it's their first year together, because they both were in different partnerships before, the dominance from a technical point of view, but, but even, you know, interpretation point of view, I think the overall package is quite obvious. So let's see if these two have got everything that it takes to challenge the senior teams, as you said, at, at both European level and maybe even at world level, 
we don't know. Mm-hmm. The Paris yeah. is one of the most unpredictable ones where a couple of mistakes change everything in, in what you think uh, could yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, they won Warsaw Cup, which it was a competition last month. So they have their minimum scores, so they're able to focus on senior. I guess we'll have to wait and see what they decide to do. Well, Canada's Ava Kemp and Jonathan Elizarov performed impressively in both segments and set three new ISU personal bests to win the silver. Their teammates, Jasmine DeRoche and Kieran Thrasher, took the bronze with an ISU personal and season's best in the free skate. Canada has some very strong junior pair teams because there was a team that um, one of the other teams was in third and dropped to fourth. So had Metelkin and Barulova not competed at this event, it probably would have been a Canadian sweep. Yep, correct. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting at, at Canadians, at least in the junior pair phase. Well, is there anything that you guys want to share um, beyond what we've already talked about with regard to this competition? No, other than I was going to say, you know, here's China had their second event this season after not having hosted any events in the past couple of seasons, and they still have one more to go. I mean, Four Continents returns to China in um, Shanghai in uh, February. So yeah, you know, I was pretty impressed. It seemed like there was a good crowd for the final. Um, A lot of the skaters seemed to thank the crowd. Um, So yeah, I I was, I didn't know if China was going to be able to do three events and so far two down and one more to go. I think they're back and ready to handle hosting events. Yes, it's like Finland last year and I think Estonia the year before, isn't it? <laughs> you get super countries up here <laughs> that decide to deliver a lot of events. <laughs> yeah. And it's good. Well, that brings us to the end of our discussion on the Grand Prix Final. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. On social media, the site formerly known as Twitter, at thiswkinskating. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We're also on threads. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all your support. Please keep it coming. And we wanted to remind you that we now have a Patreon that is linked from our website. It is located also at patreon.com slash thisweekinskating. We want to thank Mateo for joining us on this episode. You will probably hear from him more frequently once we get to 2024. Um, But we really appreciate you being here. And with that, we have reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Matteo. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week!
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.